gets a block, cuts it back, 40, 45, 50, he's off to the races, down the left sideline, to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Aaron Jones, oh, what a play! This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit artecventures.com for more info. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quick Slants podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I am your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. As always, send me your questions, comments, thoughts, agreements, disagreements. It is the Monday edition of the Quick Slants podcast. Unfortunately, not a victory Monday, but plenty to talk about, plenty to be encouraged by, I guess I would say, for lack of a better term at this point. The Packers fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 13-7, to but there's obviously a lot more to the story than is the final score. I am joined by the godfather of Game On Wisconsin, Jacob Westendorf, who asked his way onto this show, and I could not be happier to have him with me tonight because we've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to start with the obvious low-hanging fruit that was the starting debut of quarterback Jordan Love in relief of Aaron Rodgers, who missed this game due to his positive COVID diagnosis earlier in the week. Jacob. Welcome to the Quick Science Podcast. It's been a minute. How are we doing? Doing okay. Not, you know, it's not a normal loss, right? You feel a little different about it with it being the backup quarterback. And oddly enough, having a chance to win the game by the end, it, it was one of those games where even as it was 13 to nothing, it felt like it was 33 to nothing throughout the course of some of the game. But yeah, a weird game. Uh, seems like every game this year is weird to some degree. But yeah, I invited myself, uh, which is how I got to go to every party when I was in high school. So thank you for that. I would have had you on anyway. I was going to ask you to, to join me tonight because I did wanted to revel in some of the great takeaways from this game. Despite the loss, yes, there were positive takeaways. So I'm going to go through some of the numbers and stats and some of my takes on Love since it's my show. So why not, right? Jordan Love finishes 19 for 34, 69.5 quarterback rating, one touchdown, one interception. He found seven different pass catchers on the day. Had a fumble on a bad snap, recovered his own fumble, didn't lose the ball. Now, the Packers finished 2-for-12 on third down, and I say that because Jordan Love was over the pass on third down, unfortunately. Could not find success on third down, despite some shorter down and distances on third down. Something we'll talk about, because he was under a lot of pressure, too. Threw up too many go-get-it balls, but you kind of expect that from a quarterback in his first start. And I don't care how much time Jordan Love's had in practice or with this team. He found out on Wednesday of this week he was going to start in this game, and on the road in Kansas City is probably one of the tougher venues to take up that task. So Love could have very easily ended the day with three or more interceptions had Kansas City hung on to the football, but defensive backs are defensive backs and not wide receivers for a reason. And it's not abnormal, like I said, for a young quarterback in his first start, but it's not something the Packer fans are used to seeing. So I mention it because it is an abnormality for us. We've been spoiled with great quarterback play for the better part of the last three decades. But that aside, I guess the question is, what were the expectations coming in? Judging from some of the post-game comments, I think some were expecting exactly zero drop-off with Aaron Rodgers out, which was not going to happen. I mean, Love missed some easy throws early. Many of those throws Aaron Rodgers would have hit. 
But let's also not pretend that Aaron Rodgers doesn't pass up some open shots as well. He's done it all season long. He's played very well. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers gives the Packers a much better chance to win the game that was tonight. Jacob, you said it felt like the Packers were down big. I didn't feel like that, but I definitely had my reservations about whether or not the offense was going to be able to punch it into the end zone. They just could not find the success getting into the red zone. Obviously, they did finally figure it out late in the game. Alan Lazard with a 20-yard catch and run for a touchdown, a very Lazard-like play, makes a tackler miss, scampers into the end zone, and the Packers actually still had a chance to try to tie or win this game despite some of the special teams gaffes and all the way until less than a minute left in this game. So I'm not excusing it or any of Love's play, but again, very tough venue, the crowd noise, all that kind of stuff. The interception was bad. His ball placement on, on the deep ball to Adams at the end of the game was not good. Adams was clearly frustrated. Love said himself after the game, I wasn't good enough. Owned it. He was very, he owned it. He owned his performance, right? Uh, despite all the pressure that Kansas city brought, Jordan Love was only sacked one time. I'll just say this, Jake, before I kick it to you, because I know you have a lot to say about Love and his performance. Patrick Mahomes threw for 166 yards. He had a 74.8 rating. If Kevin King can catch a football in numbers and via the eye test, Jordan Love in his very first NFL start outplays Patrick Mahomes, who admittedly is struggling this season, as are the Kansas City Chiefs on the road in Kansas City again, having just found out on Wednesday that he was going to start this game. So I mentioned some of the reactions after the game, some of the the gnashing of teeth because of the way that Love played. I know you have a lot to say about his performance. What was your take on Jordan Love's first start as you proudly sported the Air Jordan t-shirt for today's game? I did and got one of my favorite pictures that ever surfaced between my daughter and I. So uh, unfortunately, it wasn't candid. It was something that I had to ask my wife to take that picture for me. But the thing of her kissing me on the chin, that was candid. So that happened in, in real time as things went on. But I wrote this in an article that came out today at Packer Report. And nothing that is going to happen to Jordan Love is going to be fair. When he got picked, the pick was booed. The pick was hated, vilified, you name it all. It was awful what had happened to him. I don't mean the pick was awful. I just mean it was awful what went on to him at that point. No fault of his own. He only wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He didn't ask to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. He didn't ask for all the drama and all the bullshit that went on this offseason to happen to him. And he didn't ask for today to happen, to be in the limelight as the team's starting quarterback because – the actual starting quarterback has a positive COVID diagnosis and then goes on to Pat McAfee's show and probably makes matters a hell of a lot worse. He didn't ask for any of that. That being said, what do we bag on as Packers fans all the time when it comes to Bears fans or fans of another team with a quarterback is grading him on a curve. Justin Fields, for example, this year, and I don't mean to continue to use this as an example, but I make the joke that I call him current Hall of Famer Justin Fields because everything bad that happens to Justin Fields is passed off as, well, it's Matt Nagy's fault. It's the play calling's fault. It's the offensive line's fault. Receivers aren't helping him, blah, 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 blah. When reality is, Justin Fields is making mistakes on the field. Jordan Love made mistakes on the field today. And Jordan Love cannot be graded on a curve like a normal rookie first-time starter can. You brought up the point about him outplaying Patrick Mahomes. To me, that holds no merit. Because that's cool, but Patrick Mahomes was playing against a Packers defense, which we'll get into in a little bit, that looks like it's a real legit unit. 
Jordan Love is playing against the worst defense in the NFL, and they did not score a point until their last possession of the game. They are a fourth down conversion away on that drive from being shut out in Kansas City. I understand all that. I know the line didn't do him any favors, but the offensive line didn't make the ball placement to Devontae Adams on the interception work that way. It didn't make the ball placement on a screen pass to A.J. Dillon. Actually went for a positive play. Didn't look good. He damn near threw a pick six to Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew dropped it. Let's call this what this was. Throughout the course of the game, this was for three and a half quarters, D plus quarterback play at best. At best, D plus quarterback play. Didn't look like he was in command of what was going on. Didn't look like he knew what he was doing. And I understand when I say all of this, it's not fair. But fair is a place where they judge pigs. Nothing about Jordan Love's career is going to be fair. And he has to be viewed through the lens of in nine months when the Packers come back for training camp, he's the team's preferred starting quarterback and they jettisoned Aaron Rodgers to do so. Aaron Rodgers, a three-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, and still not having his best season, but still one of the best in the league at his position. That is how you have to view Jordan Love's performances. And I know that sounds ridiculous on its face, but that's how it needs to be viewed because in March or February or whenever this conversation starts, the Packers lopped off that last deal of Aaron or part of Aaron Rodgers' deal. And that was so Rodgers could have leverage. Rodgers wanted that so he could have leverage in this conversation. At the end of the year, there's a fork in the road. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers are not going to be together next season on the same contract. He's either getting an extension or they're trading him. And if you're trading him, that means in effect, you're choosing Jordan Love. Based on what you saw today, that would be a foolish decision. And I know when I say that, it's not fair. I know it was his first start. I know it was on the road. I know it was against the Chiefs. But that is how this needs to be viewed. And I don't think it is being viewed that way. I think that a lot of people, like you said, they're finding positives, which is fine. There were some, certainly. And there were some excuses as well. And they're not excuses if they're reasons. Royce Newman might have been the worst player on the field today. Lucas Patrick, not much better. Either guy that played left guard, whether it was Runyon or Jake Hansen, didn't play that well. But Jordan Love looked like a guy that couldn't process a blitz and get the ball out of his hands. And the ball placement on even clean throws was piss poor until the fourth quarter when he finally started to just let it rip a little bit. So it's tough. It's not fair. I understand that, but nothing about Jordan Love's career is going to be fair because next year, whether he's in Green Bay as the starter, in Green Bay as the backup, or somewhere else, his career is connected to Aaron Rodgers. And especially true if he remains in Green Bay. Yeah, and it's he didn't play well enough for the, for the Packers to win. He did not play well enough. He was right in his post-game press conference. I wasn't good enough. He was absolutely not. So at least he has the awareness to understand that he didn't play well enough to win a game that the Packers absolutely should have won. If the Chiefs were going to play like that, and listen, they had the right strategy. Their defense isn't very good, but they at least had the right strategy. We got to put pressure on this kid and make him make quick decisions and hope that he screws up because it's his first start and our chances are probably better at succeeding doing that than anything else. And it seemed to work, especially early in the game. And Love, like you said, made some throws that weren't great. Now, the Packers did lean on the run game. A.J. Dillon ran the ball well in the first half, but then apparently was Velcroed to the bench in the second half. 
And I get that Aaron Jones has home run potential every time he touches the ball. Take it to the house. Had some nice runs. Green Bay is down two scores. But it, it was it was pretty obvious that Kansas City, based on the way the Packers' defense was going to play, and we're going to talk about the defense, wasn't likely to add more points. The Chiefs were – they were stuck. They were stuck in the mud as well on 13 points. They scored on that first drive, and I think a lot, a lot of us were thinking, oh, boy, we're in for a long day. The, the Chiefs are going to – Return to form. They're going to turn more into what we've expected from them over the past couple of years. A team that's been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. And they're, they're you know, the whole Matt LaFleur said, I'm not buying their record. Maybe they're going to normalize here. But they weren't. They were stuck in neutral. But they the Packers just, they didn't, they didn't continue to feed A.J. Dillon, give themselves a chance to get down inside the red zone. As far as the run game goes, and, and the, you, you got to run the ball in this offense to begin with, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or anybody back there playing quarterback. You were right, Jake. So as far as the run game goes in the production, the offensive line struggled. Like you said, Royce Newman didn't have his best game. You got David Bakhtiari, unfortunately, was not activated for this game, as we some of us had hoped. You have to wonder what happens if Bakhtiari is activated again. I remember it's his first would have been his first action in a long time. You just you never know. Although you take your chances with an all pro left tackle being out there versus not being out there. But as far as the run game, and I know we may, may have more to talk about as far as love goes, and your points are all very well taken, but as far as the run game goes, Jake, the Packers did outrush the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't think that was necessarily unexpected. The Packers have had a really good run game. Were you okay with that distribution? A.J. Dillon just not a factor in the second half, and, and we've talked before about A.J. Dillon not getting enough carries in certain situations. Once again, did – did they make the right call? Did LaFleur make the right call? Did he did he plan that out well? No, and I mean, this is an example of, you know, why everything is not Jordan Love's fault, and I understand all of that. But at the same time, it's really hard to get carries to your running backs when you're two for 12 on third down. And the Packers, if memory serves, didn't convert a third down until the middle of the fourth quarter. So that's another thing when everybody's like, oh, why didn't they run the ball more? Why didn't they get more carries? Why didn't they do this? It's like, it's hard to do that when you don't possess the ball. Every time it's third down, Green Bay until the fourth quarter might as well have punted. I, well, maybe not with the special teams unit today, but I'm sure we'll get to that. It's hard to run plays when you're not able to stay on the field and keep drives moving. And that's something that Green Bay really struggled with today uh, is getting down extending drives or just chain, moving the chains. And that's something they weren't able to do throughout most of the day. And some of that is – on the quarterback. Some of that is on guys who didn't make plays. Some of that's on the coach who didn't put players in a position to succeed when every third down, it felt like through the majority of the third quarter was a zero pressure. That means nobody in the middle of the field, everybody's coming and loves just got to heave it and hope. Basically. I didn't feel like they did a whole lot to make things better for him throughout the course of the game. So in general, I don't appreciate the way that Green Bay used their running game today because that was kind of their path to victory. But at the same time, they're down 7 nothing when they get the ball back. Everything just doesn't work that well when when you're not able to keep the ball. Well, and I think the big the big thing for me and I said it throughout the game, you got to try you got to try something different. I mean, Jordan Love, 3rd and 5, 3rd and 7, 3rd and 12, 3rd and 15, it didn't matter. He could not get past the third down boogeyman in this particular game and there's a lot of reasons for that and a lot of we can go back and watch the all 22 and we can break all those things down and that stuff will get done this week and there'll be a lot of great film that's out there because trust me the conversation about Jordan Love is not going to end after today 
it's going to continue on and on because we finally have a look at him. There's going to be no shortage of opinions. I've seen plenty of them out there from Packers fans, NFC North fans, NFL fans, all sorts of things like that too. So on the offensive side of the ball, obviously the Packers fall short. They don't score enough points. They finally get in the end zone at the end of the game, but the offense took way too long to get going. And despite all the issues that they had, really should have had more success and found more yards and definitely some more points on the board. We will talk about special teams, unfortunately, Jake, but before we do, and maybe, maybe we should talk about special teams first because one of the biggest bright spots and silver linings of this game was the performance that the Packers defense put up. The Packers defense gave up zero points in the second half. And this one was not over until Patrick Mahomes finally made the most Mahomes-like play of the game. It was the only Mahomes play he made the entire game. Was it? He was under pressure and he looked bad. Patrick Mahomes, folks, there's something is up. Something's wrong with Patty Mahomes this season. He does not look good at all. He was under pressure. It's very 2015 Rodgers McCarthy-esque. The early fractures in this relationship between he and Andy Reid. And like, cause that's the thing, this, this isn't like 2015 with the Packers when they lost Jordy Devonte had a bad season and they had Randall Cobb injured and James Jones's corpse out there catching four passes for 39 yards and two touchdowns. This is a throwback to the old days of pulse of the pack. All James Jones does is catch touchdowns, but um, this is, that's still Tyreek Hill. That's still Travis Kelsey, and they've still got speed all over the place. Something's up. And you mentioned Kansas City had 13 on the scoreboard. They earned 10 points. Green Bay gift-wrapped them three of those points with a special teams gift. So this defense, I cannot – I didn't even kick it to me yet, because I cannot be more thrilled with how this defense played today when you consider they played the second half without Kenny Clark, who might be their best defensive player. Eric Stokes didn't play at all because he hurt his knee in warmups and they're hoping that's not a long-term issue. If Packers fans, if Jim Leonard was the defensive coordinator, we would be touting this dude up for coordinator of the year. Is he going to get head coaching type jobs? And I'm not saying Joe Barry deserves head coaching type jobs, but because they didn't like the defensive coordinator higher, I don't think Barry's getting as much credit as he should, because now you're talking about back-to-back games, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes, two of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Green Bay, for the better part of all both of those games, shut them down without Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, Preston Smith's been hobbled. I mean, they've just been as good as you could hope for. And that's where when you come out of this game, I think you have to feel better about Green Bay's status as a Super Bowl contender because You've seen this defense can be legit. Now, will they be legit once 12 is back? I don't know. You know, we've seen them in the biggest moments look like they were a good unit all season and then crap on themselves in the biggest moments. But you feel like that could be a good thing. They just need special teams not to screw up the entire game, which apparently I'm asking for a lot when I say that. So I definitely feel more positive about the Packers as a contender and a Super Bowl team after this game and the way that the defense played, because if your goal or your hope was that it was going to be competitive, the Packers would have a chance to win and they just wouldn't piss down their leg, crap all over themselves, whatever it is that you want to say. They accomplished that in this game. 
It was nothing but punts after punt after punt after punt in the second half. You can't ask for any better of a chance for the Packers as badly as they played on offense today to have still had a chance to win this game on the road in, what's it called now, Giha, Giha State. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Stadium. It's Arrowhead Stadium. One of the loudest, rowdiest venues in all of the NFL, the way the Chiefs have played aside. Still a very loud venue. So the defense, absolutely a lot of praise. Joe Barry, a lot of people eating crow. And listen, there's Jake, like you said, there's a lot of season left and the Packers still have opportunities to potentially maybe not perform as well. I mean, they're they're on some sort of special fuel with being able to perform with all of these players missing time. And it just doesn't seem to matter. Guys go down, the defense still performs. They're still breaking up passes. You're still getting elevated play from guys like Shannon Sullivan and Henry Black, guys who aren't big playmakers, but are making big plays. Kevin King didn't catch a ball, but you know what? Still broke up a pass. It still wasn't completed. And Patrick Mahomes helped out too. I mean, he missed Tyreek Hill on a couple of deep balls. Travis Kelsey dropped the ball twice. The Chiefs gave the Packers plenty of chances. And like I said, the Packers had a chance still until under a minute left. If you look at the totality that was this game, the way the special teams played, the way they choked up all the points that they did, that they took off the board, the interception by Jordan Love, the lack of getting into the end zone, the Packers still had their chances. And I know there's no moral victories, and I'm not, I am the last person to throw moral victories out there. But this defense, you've got to, you've got to wake up. You've got to wake up this morning feeling like it, 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 it's not the same sour tasting loss that we typically experience as Packers fans. And it's been a long time since we've had experience one. This is the first loss since week one. And absolutely give me this game any day. You may not agree, and the rest of you out there may not agree, but give me this loss any day over what I saw in week one. Because I ask myself all the time, what I'm never happy with a loss. Those of you who follow me know I can be one of the most pessimistic people when the Packers don't play well. And I have as little patience as anybody when they don't. But I've asked myself all the time, what type of loss would it take for me to be okay with it? Well, today is an example of one of those games. I was not really all that upset. And I think it's because I went in with expectations that were a little bit tempered. We did a, we did a Twitter space conversation hangout on Saturday with Game On Wisconsin, which, by the way, Jake, was a lot of fun. I hope we could do another one at some point. And I picked the Chiefs to win this game. I said 28-27, way too many points. But I thought to myself, the Chiefs probably only win this game if they score late and they have the ball last because I expected the Packers to play well enough to win. And you know what? They didn't play well enough to win most games, but they did play well enough to win this game. They just didn't score enough points. And the Packers' defense was one of the biggest reasons why they had those opportunities, and it's very encouraging. And I'm not going to be upset about it. And I still hope for good news on Kenny Clark. Obviously, the Eric Stokes situation, this is just the theme of the 2021 season. The Packers had very good fortune in 2019 and 2020. With injuries, not so much this season. But you know what? It's not making a difference when you got guys like Rasul Douglas. Again, Shannon Sullivan, Henry Black stepping up, Kevin King stepping in and being okay. I'm not saying that they're great. You're getting production from Dean Lowry. Tyler Lancaster stepping up. Rookie TJ Slayton's playing okay up front. The linebacker play has been fantastic. Joe Barry seems to have unlocked something the Packers haven't been able to unlock in the past decade since the days of Desmond Bishop, which is what to do with an off-ball linebacker, right? So the defense is in pretty good shape, and I like the direction that they're trending. We have to talk about 
it, though, Jake, you've mentioned it a couple times. The Packers have a major special teams problem. My former co-host over at the Pack-A-Day podcast, Mark Eckel, has been saying since day one, the special teams are going to cost this, t- this Packers team a game at some point this season. And the worst fear is that's going to happen at the worst possible time. And it would make sense. When you're playing the best teams at the end of the season, we're obviously hoping the Packers make the playoffs. There's a lot of season left. You assume they will. The NFC North is not good. The Packers should sleepwalk into a division victory. Obviously, they have to do it yet. There's a lot still to be said and done. But the special teams can absolutely ruin what could be a really special 2021 season. And in this game, they showed they reared their ugly head once again. Mason Crosby lines up for a 40-yard field goal to get the Packers on the board, get some points. He misses. The laces are in. I don't know how much that matters to kickers. I know there's the whole Ace Ventura joke about laces out, and I know kickers certainly don't prefer to kick the football with the laces inward. I'm not exactly sure how big of a deal that was, but Mason Crosby just left of the upright, misses another one. It's his sixth miss on the season. He has more missed field goals than any other kicker in the NFL. I know the Bengals game was an absolute trash fire, and it was an anomaly, but nonetheless, the Packers have more misses, more field goal misses than any other team in the NFL. Then he gets a kick blocked on his second try. Finally, another or another kick, not finally, another kick gets blocked. They get through. You've got a new long snapper. Hunter Bradley was let go this week. I don't know if the Packers are grasping at straws, trying to figure out what it is that's going on. The, the special teams had more to sit, more more to contribute, and more to say in this game. But let's just start with the kicking game, Jake, because here once again, those are points. Those are that's six points right there off the board. And then if you think about it, Kevin King, you know, not, not getting the interception. I think the Chiefs added a field goal there. I mean, you can you can do all sorts of funky math and and talk about how many points were swung in this game, but six points were missed by two field goals. One that was missed on what looked like either a bad hold or a bad snap. And you get another kick blocked, and it just doesn't seem like this special teams unit can get things fixed. They're on their third coordinator in the last what seems like three years, four seasons. I just, it's it's like I say, the trends don't just fix themselves, and the special teams don't look any anywhere near close to fixed. And I think it's going to be a continuing problem for the Green Bay Packers. No, the low hanging fruit is, you know, that Green Bay hired a bad defensive coordinator's assistant and expected the special teams to be better, and they haven't been. Uh, how much the coordinator matters for that, I don't know. But I do know that it hasn't been better, and it's a fair – right now everything is fair to question. And that goes from even Mason Crosby, like you mentioned. The field goal operation was a mess today. I don't think either one of those kicks were necessarily his fault, but the field goal operation has been a mess all year. You know, There's been the picture that surfaced of the game winner in San Francisco where they were uh, – fingertip away from that being blocked. And instead of being so happy with the way that game ended, you're just heartbroken throughout the course of that game. It's a game of inches. Like we always say on here, I guess Corey Bohorquez has been good, but like he's the punter. So awesome. Green Bay has a good guy that you never want on the field. The punt return game has been a disaster. I've said it for six weeks, maybe slightly less. Get a new one because Amari Rogers is not ready to do that. And, and when you f- tweeted, Jake, and when you tweeted, great tweet, by the way, when you have to remind everybody that Tyler Irvin is out there, t- 
Tyler Irvin is not the worst option on the planet, but if Tyler Irvin is your option right now, how bad is the return game? Does the return game have to be, and how bad has Amari Rodgers and disappointing has Amari Rodgers been? Yeah, that's exactly it. And when I went through the, when you go through the off season and you're like, Tyler Irvin's an upgradable piece. You can find somebody else to do those jet motions and return kickoffs and punts. And Green Bay hasn't done that. Like Kylan Hill was their kickoff returner and he had a couple nice moments. Kickoff return game's a little different than the punt return game, but because you can't really return kickoffs that well anymore. Punts, that's different. And Malik Taylor is the one who fumbled, if you will, on the punt. That is 100% on Amari Rodgers. He hasn't looked comfortable. He muffed a punt later in the game. He was fortunate to get back on top of that. Joe Buck yells after the play, a special teams nightmare or disaster or some bad superlative. It wasn't a good one. Amari Rodgers cannot be this team's punt returner, whether that means – this is why I was a proponent of trying to sign Deshaun Jackson. Jackson is going to go to the Raiders, so that's not going to happen. But finding something for someone to be back there – and this is a position in, what, four years now that Brian Gutekunst has not figured out. Irvin was a nice stopgap, but nothing dynamic, and it was one of those – I think we kind of overrated him because of he just wasn't a complete trash fire, which right now I'll settle for. I will settle for a guy that when he waves his hand for a fair catch, I trust that he's actually going to catch the ball. And right now with Amari Rogers, I don't. And I know Trevor Davis, former Packers legend, Trevor Davis said catching punts isn't easy. Well, a lot of other teams seem to figure out how the hell to do it and not have these problems on every given week. Amari Rogers needs to red shirt. He hasn't looked comfortable. He hasn't looked explosive. His thing was, he's supposed to be a smart, heady heads up football player. He hasn't been any of those things throughout the first nine weeks of the season. And he's a rookie and a real one, not like Jordan Love. So I can actually view him through the lens of a normal rookie. So I understand all that. But having Amari Rodgers, it feels like he'll Jeremy Ross a play in a big playoff game and it'll cost the Packers at the biggest moments. And that's just something that special teams, I'm just asking for you to do your one third of the game. I'm not even asking for anything special. Make the short field goals, protect on punts, catch punts, take a knee in the end zone for kickoffs. Like I'm not asking for much, but the special teams performance today, Jason, you said it. Mark Eckel says all the time, it's going to cost team. It did today, nine points, two missed field goals and gifting, gifting three points to Kansas city. They lost by six. Yeah. Do the math. Yeah. So it's an issue. It's obviously a huge issue and the Packers have to try to get it figured out. And I, I made a comparison and it's, you know, anytime you make a comparison, you're always going to get fried by a, a faction of the fan base, but I think back to the days of Mike McCarthy, who, let me just say right now, Mike McCarthy was a damn good coach for the Green Bay Packers. Yes, he was. But he sometimes kept guys out there longer than they needed to be out there. And fans can sit there and say all they want. It's time to make a change and be very emotional and knee-jerk with some of those decisions. At this point, to, to your point, Jake, it's not knee-jerk. Mari Rogers, like you said, he needs to red shirt. He needs to figure out what his – his role and his game is going to be in the NFL because the lights are too bright. It's unfortunate, but the lights are too bright for him right now. And he's got to get some things figured out. And Matt LaFleur and Maurice Drayton, they have to figure out what else they can do. You've got options. They may not be the best option, but if you've got it, like you said, Jake, if you've got a guy that can just, Micah Hyde was not a dynamic punt returner and he housed a couple. And you know what else he did? He caught the ball. He was sure-handed. You've got guys that can do that. If 
if it's better, listen, you need to just live within what you got. The Packers have a lot of talent on this team. They're very deep. This is a special team. This is a championship caliber team. Okay, so you don't have a kick returner. Don't continue trying to hope you're going to get the best moment of someone's life while everything else is going well. If the best thing that, that can happen is a guy just catches the ball or just gets the hell out of the way and gets everybody else the hell out of the way so the ball doesn't get muffed or fumbled and back to the other team in the red zone and prime scoring position, then do that. Because honestly, anytime that, that the Packers have the ball, if they've got their preferred quarterback out there, they've got a chance to score. And the defense can stop anybody. I mean, the defense came through time and time again. You've got the tools to mitigate some of your weaknesses. And obviously the punt return game is a very big weakness for the Packers, but understand where you know where you live, understand where you're at and embrace it. You're not going to be perfect. You know, the 96 Packers were one of those anomaly teams that had the best defense and the best offense, and they had a really good special teams. You don't see that. It's just not possible in the salary cap area. You're not going to get everything right. The Packers still have plenty of talent. And again, you mentioned Kylan Hill, unfortunately lost for the season. So you don't have your preferred guys out there. Well, you know what? you got a guy like Randall Cobb, and I know Randall Cobb's not the most ideal. And you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. I don't think Deshaun Jackson would have been looking for an opportunity to be a special teams player, but you still need to try to figure out a way to upgrade. So if you got Randall Cobb or you got somebody else, I mean, hell, put Malik Taylor back there. Malik Taylor's about the most undynamic returner of them. He wasn't a punt returner. He's a kick returner last year, but. I don't understand that at all. Like there wasn't one time and I don't, I don't expect much. Like I mentioned from the Packers, but there's at least been times where Amari Rogers has even had the ball. And I know I just ripped him, but there have been times where he's had the ball in his hands. I'm like, he could house this like a move here. There, Malik Taylor. I never feel that way. It feels like he's moving in like the Packers kickoff returners last year or Malik Taylor and Jamal Williams love Jamal. My dude, not a kickoff returner. Malik Taylor is not a kickoff. Like they got to try something. They should be, trying guys out this week and trying to figure out who the hell is going to return kickoffs and punts for them. Because right now, neither one of those dudes should feel like a really good option. When I sit here and I know this is hyperbole and I'll just throw it out there for humor purposes of nothing else, but there is a portion of me that's serious. But when I sit here and I say to myself, has Tremont filed his paperwork with the NFL? Because <laughs> honestly, if, if it, if, if someone told me, that the only thing that can keep the Packers from winning a Super Bowl is another huge punt return gaffe this season, but that's all the context I had. I'm on the phone with Tremont, and I'm like, you're our dude. Just catch the ball and sit. Catch the ball and sit, run a bounds, just secure the football. So the Packers special teams, I'd like to hope that we've seen the worst of it. It just They've got a lot of issues, a lot of issues in a lot of different areas. And I This is be- one of those I know – that they didn't have any money salary cap wise this offseason. I understand all that, but this is where go out and sign a guy like Cordero Patterson and somebody who's just been there, done that, and you know is going to catch the ball and has a chance to maybe give you some field position, but they won't do it. And Mike McCarthy used to always say, you get what you emphasize. And it feels like the Packers haven't emphasized special teams in 10 years and it continues to suck. So they get what they deserve. I tweeted today that the Packers special teams is in quotes, special teams, they, we don't practice special teams bad. That's how, that's how bad special teams is. It looks so bad. It doesn't look like they've ever stepped on the field and they've ever spent any time in practice working on it. Don't really know what else to say about that. So fingers crossed it doesn't cost the Packers any further. I'm not 100% convinced. You certainly wouldn't see me putting any money down 
on that happening this season, but that's just the logical side of me that's kicking in there. But some positives to take away from the game today. Again, the defense turns in a decent performance. The Packers don't get run off the field. Unfortunately, that doesn't matter. They don't win a game. Got a little bit of help around the league with some other teams struggling today. So as far as the NFC picture, in the NFC North, the Packers are still sitting pretty because they were already well ahead there. In the NFC, they got a little bit of help today. And I think the Packers still have a really prime chance to be in the conversation and nab that number one seed, but there's still a lot of season that's left to be played. And at this point, there's still going to be more talk about the Packers and the Chiefs, and it's still early in the week. And there's another Quick Slants podcast coming on Thursday, which will definitely be a lot more focused on the next game coming up as the Packers return home and will face the Seattle Seahawks. Matt LaFleur was asked after the game right away what his plans are if Aaron Rodgers is able to test negative and return to the Green Bay Packers next weekend. LaFleur made it pretty clear if Aaron Rodgers does test negative and is able to return to the team even though it's Saturday and has not practiced that Aaron Rodgers will be the starter against the Seattle Seahawks obviously that's not a given at this point because it's early in the week and we just don't know Jake before we sign off any final thoughts on Packers Chiefs and any very early thoughts on the Seahawks because this is also a game where Russell Wilson could potentially make his return and as scary as that sounds and as well as the Seahawks have played at times. They don't play very well at Lambeau Field, and Russell Wilson has never played well at Lambeau Field. And at this point, I don't care who's quarterback on the other side, but what I saw from the defense today and from what I've seen from the defense this season, the Packers' struggles, if they have any against Seattle next week, aren't going to be because they gave up too many points. Uh, yeah, hope that Kenny Clark is okay. Hope that Eric Stokes, and maybe you get some of your injured guys back. Hope David Bakhtiari uh, can return to the field, which they'll activate him this week. Uh, it's just that doesn't guarantee he's going to play on Sunday. He could still be inactive, but hope he's able to play because this offensive line will get much better when Elton Jenkins is one of those guards. God bless Elton Jenkins. He's played a, a, a good left tackle, all things considered, but he's not a left tackle. He's, he's a guard, uh, maybe a right tackle one day, but he's a very, very good guard. So hope that gets better. Um, and hope Aaron Rodgers is able to clear the protocol by Saturday and play on Sunday. Matt LaFleur said today that he's somebody that doesn't need to practice. He didn't, I'm paraphrasing by a lot here, but once he's active, he'll suit up. He's their starting quarterback. So even though he's not able to come back until Saturday, he'll play on Sunday. But I think based on what you saw today, and I picked Green Bay to win because I said Jordan Love was a wild card. You just didn't know what you were going to get. Maybe Love will be better with a full week's worth of reps as the starting quarterback. But my confidence level, if Jordan Love is the quarterback, is not very high uh, for reasons I mentioned earlier. So hope Aaron Rodgers can come back and play. Um, and once he can, this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think that that's, what, that's something that I think we learned today is eventually you're going to get all the guys on offense are back. Marcos Valdez-Scantling played today. You're going to have those other guys come in. Maybe they make an addition or two before the end of the season. But they're good enough to win on offense and defense just Pray to God special teams doesn't matter in the grand scheme. Yeah, absolutely. Marquez Valdez-Scantling back, caught a pass today. Really looking forward to his comments on the Marquez Valdez-Scantling show on Tuesday, which will be live here at Game On Wisconsin. If you're not already subscribed to us, subscribe on YouTube and check out that show. Gonna really, I'm going to be looking forward to his comments as far as his return and what he saw and the vibe of this team. Because reports were, and it's it's Twitter, and I wasn't there, I didn't see it, but reports were that the Packers weren't really hanging their heads walking off the field. And again, there are no moral victories but I think things could have turned out a lot worse. And all, all things given in this game, the Packers had some positives and did not perform too incredibly poorly. But tonight, it's the Freezer Podcast. As always, a ton of daily content over Game On Wisconsin. Not going to want for anything over here as far as every day 
with the podcast and the live shows. And Jake, obviously you'll be part of that conversation on Tuesday with MBS. I will Tuesday with MBS Wednesday with the pick six podcast and Saturday we'll be hosting a live show at discover green Bay, giving away a $200 Packers pro shop gift card. So listeners of the show, if you're going to be in town for that Packers game, stop on by 789 armed forces drive right by Ray Nisky field. You'll have a chance to win a $200 Packers pro shop gift card. Some really good time. It's November. That's a really good way to do Christmas. My mom could get all of my Christmas shopping done with that gift card. So just think of it that way. Fantastic work we're doing over here with the sponsors, moving things forward and just growing by leaps and bounds. And check out Game On Wisconsin with all the great content. I had a game recap up right after this game. More good stuff coming. Jake, you've got a piece that comes out on Monday. I don't know if we have any early previews or thoughts of what the the readers can expect with that. I'm not going to sugarcoat feelings and stuff when it comes to Jordan Love and and when it comes to the rest of the team. So, I mean, if you want to find ways to feel better about the way he played, that's that's certainly okay. I understand it, but I've explained how the lens I have to view him through. And unfortunately, that's going to be the case for Jordan Love's career. So it's not fair, but neither is life. Very well put. It's not fair and neither is life. And that should that'll probably end up being the title of this show by the time it's all said and done. So get over to Game On Wisconsin, everybody. Enjoy the week that is coming. Quick Slants Podcast will be back on Thursday with our next show. Packers fall to 7-2, and two, but still some positives to take away. Time to quit licking the wounds and get ready for Seattle as the Packers return home in just six quick days. Everybody have a safe rest of your week and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 